This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 616 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Bait Saddles, Mud Control Grids by Han Plastics, and Total Saddle Fit. On today's USDF episode, we will be joined by Senior Education Coordinator Isabella Baker. After that, we have a great chat with a young professional writer, Madeline Perry, and then we interview author of our latest book club book, John Haim. This is Reese Goffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. How are you? Happy spring. Happy think, spring. You know, it's here. I don't think we're getting any right? more snow. <laughs> it is quite cold in Kentucky. I am not going to lie. Okay. Was, well. It was 32 degrees this morning. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. And for May, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's been kind of wet and cold. I'm not going to lie. My indoor is still partly shut up because <laughs> it's too cold. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, well, you know, if it's not here today, tomorrow, it will tomorrow. be tomorrow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's Perfect. beautiful and very green and very rainy, but that's all good. But that's all great. So happy almost early 40th birthday, Philip. I think we all want to wish you a happy birthday. Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't bring it up. Oh, yeah. It's your 40th yeah. birthday, everybody. <laughs> Send Phil uh, wishes. It's just He'll a little, love it. A depressing. I don't know how to feel about it. We're in lockdown. I don't know how to yeah. feel about that. Um, I'll figure well, it out. We love Try you, to... and we wanted to wish you a happy birthday. Oh, I know it's not exactly, much. and we can't wait to celebrate with you. We're going to have a big, I think everybody now, if, if you're able to get together with your friends, I mean, Phil, I haven't seen you in like in person. I see you a lot, like on Zoom, <laughs> but um, you know, I haven't seen you in person. We haven't been able to hang out, and it's just, I think everybody, when we get to see your friends, it's going to be so fun. We're we're you know opening up. Um, I'm officially today fully vaccinated, so my two weeks out. So um, that's nice, but it's still it, it, it still nice feels feeling. weird. Yeah. It, yeah, it, but it's yeah. still, you know, I'm so cautious and I still have a lot of friends like you around the world uh, that are still in lockdown. So out of, uh, you know, I'm, we're still being a little bit careful. So, but it's nice to, to be able to, to have a little worry. So I hope everyone that's in, in process and, and, and everybody in Canada that we can get you all vaccinated and around the world and, and get going. So, yeah, but we wanted to wish you a very happy milestone birthday and we're sorry you're in quarantine, but we're right. thinking about you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, yes. You know, it, it feels like we we haven't had a week off. You know, everybody we right. we don't uh, we don't do our podcast on the on the fourth week of every month. But uh, last week we got together to do not our own podcast, but 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 someone else's. I know it was super fun. Like it was, uh, it was a great experience, and we did it. We don't do as you, everybody knows. We don't do our podcast on camera uh, because partly because of the audio and partly because. You know, I would have to like shower and put makeup on, <laughs> and, and I kind of like the hanging out, run, running in at the at the recording time, last kind of minute, and yeah. jumping on Skype <laughs> and you know, and putting it all together. But uh, I think um, you know, people might remember Tracy Mitchell. We had a nice interview with her last month. Uh, she does equestrian elements life coaching. And uh, as part of that, she uh, has started a podcast. It's called Hitting Your Stride Podcast. And, uh, and we had a great chat. We, we, were we, on, we were on with her. We were talking about, I don't know, our careers, our, you know, our, our um, mental approaches to things, like all, all kinds. We were, we were get, getting real into it. And we were, yeah. we were on camera. Um, I know, kind of different for us. Kind of made us a little nervous, but uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't. No, 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 lovely editing. I think it's just you know straight to release uh, later this month. So right, uh, I know. I no, Paul, we yeah. we have a wonderful editor and producer, so <laughs> we get that. That was a little nerve wracking to like not have our our, but it was really fun, and I hope everybody can listen. We'll we'll put it on. Um, yeah, we'll Facebook we'll make a link to it when it does get yeah. uh, when it does get released. So that's uh, hitting your stride podcast put out by Equestrian Elements Life Coaching. 
So yeah, go 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 ahead, check it out. If 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 you feel like you need to hear more of us, of course. <laughs> if you want to hear more of our stories, uh, <laughs> we would love we would love for you to do that. And we we also love just to you know we're we're trying to really build community on the show, but also uh, you know podcasting is not easy. Uh, and and Phil, I don't know how we be, have become experts at it, but we have done it a lot <laughs> at this I point. Think that's and, it. Yeah, <laughs> just by doing it and doing it, and yeah, doing it and doing it, making mistakes and correcting them and and going about it, and we, you know. We've learned a lot, I think. Over we have years. learned a lot over the years, and and we like to share it with new podcasters and and help them as well because it is a journey to do it to do the show and learn how to do it. And and you know we've been partners now a long time on the show, so we we have it down. And and when somebody's busy, somebody takes that. You know, it works really well for us. And so it is hard and daunting to start a new career, or you know, as we'll, we'll, new, we'll be talking. Yeah. yeah, a new venture. I was going to say that. Yeah, yep. it's challenging a lot of challenges and yeah. some that you kind of knew about and some that you could never have planned and uh you know just keeping upbeat and 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 going through it and and it's all you know life is a is just a journey of of learning and experiences so yeah. that's true I always think of it as, you know, when you get a young horse and you go to your first horse show and you get on the trailer for the first time and all the firsts that you do. And, and after a while, by the time you have a seasoned horse and a seasoned competitor, it's, it's much in a lot of ways, it's much easier <laughs> and uh, maybe sure. the same. Yeah, it's the same in any relationship. So well, I, hope, I hope you enjoy our, you know, hearing a little bit more even about our story. And it's always fun to be interviewed um, and and things come out that maybe you guys don't know about us. And, and we hope you enjoy and we were glad to to lend support. So anything we can do. Uh, and Phil, you know, I've been doing a lot of that and, and I will offer it on the show as well. I've offered it on my Facebook. I was able to talk to the Kentucky Dressage Association Youth Club this week and it was super fun. So I really will come on and talk to clubs, uh, as an event, because I think we still are trying to find different ways to, to do events. And I really enjoyed talking to that group and I've done a couple of months, a month now. Uh, and I've enjoyed that. So reach out to me, Reese at horse radio network.com. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, say that Phil will do it, but I'm, I, I'm gonna do it. and, uh, but I've enjoyed that and I've enjoyed sort of sharing my story. So we're always happy to do that in any way we can. So, uh, we, we're going to get to our show. We've got a great show today. It's our USDF episode, and we're going to have a quick commercial break from Kentucky performance products and come back with some fun, actual virtual content coming out from USDF. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Managing horses can be challenging. Each horse's personality affects the way he behaves and reacts to the world around him. Horses with certain dispositions can be at higher risk for developing health problems than others. High-strung or excitable horses are easily stressed, but so is the timid, quiet warrior. Stressed horses are more likely to develop digestive upsets that lead to colic, diarrhea, and ulcers. Nalox Advanced was specifically developed to support a digestive tract that is under stress. It sustains proper pH levels, reducing the incidence of ulcers and hindgut imbalances, while simultaneously supporting the healing of damaged tissue. Nalox Advanced supports the complete digestion of starches and sugars and sustains populations of beneficial bacteria. Make life a little easier on your sensitive horse and start him on Nalox Advanced today. To learn more about the ingredients in Nalox Advanced, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Founded in 1973, the United States Dressage Federation has become the largest organization to represent a single Olympic equestrian discipline. At nearly 30,000 members strong, USDF is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org to learn more about USDF education, competition and award programs, and to shop our online store. Again, that's usdf.org, your online destination for dressage. Well, tonight for our USDF episode, we are so happy to have Isabella Baker. She is the Senior Education Coordinator at USDF on the show. Welcome, Isabella. Thank you for having me. Well, we are thrilled to have you because you are kind of fitting right into our community this this session because we have been talking about 
online virtual options. And you have a great new program coming out of USDF to tell us about, right? Yes, I do. Fantastic. Well, well tell us. We're, we're ready to go. All right. So um, we just launched this in 2021. It is the new USDF virtual education series. And so we are hosting education sessions with industry professionals over like a variety of equine education topics and dressage topics. Um, it was really launched after the success of the 2020 USDF convention and all of the positive feedback of our education sessions. My adult programs committee that I'm the liaison to kind of approached me after convention and asked if we could continue um, a year-round education. And so our goal was really to launch education that's accessible to our members and is also kind of an added member benefit just to cover all of those different dressage and equine education topics. I love it. So tell us, are there any, uh, how do we sign up? Are there any scheduled at this point? Give us all the details. Yeah, so we do have one coming up. It is on June 9th at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Um, The second one is going to be a little different than our first one. So this second one is going to be maximizing your USDF experience. Um, It's going to be with several different USDF staff members. Um, We're going to have education, competitions, marketing, and membership all on the call. Um, And they are going to kind of discuss all the different ways to get the most out of your USDF membership. So we're going to talk memberships needed for competition, the award programs available to our members, qualifying for USDF finals, new divisions for 2021, and then, of course, um, all of our education programs and events that members are eligible to sign up for. Um, And we do know that sometimes our website can be a little confusing. So We are going to also cover just where to find different documents on the website and documents that you'll need to compete and how to sign up for those programs. So is this is this hosted through Zoom or, you know, how do people find out uh, about it and will it be recorded and rebroadcast? Those are the usual questions for these online education things. So um, you can actually sign up through Zoom. Uh, You can find that link on the USDF website. Um, If you go to the education banner up at the top of the website on usdf.org and then go down to USDF University, and it is the third link down, uh, it's USDF Virtual Education Series. Um, And in there, you'll find the registration link, which will take you straight to a Zoom registration to sign up for the session. Fantastic. And is there any cost for the sessions? There is not. So it is actually a free member benefit. And then on top of it, another great thing that we did was we added education credits for USDF University. So all of the members will receive 0.25 education credits upon verification of attendance. And we did have a session back in April. Um, It was tips for improving scores with Bill McMullen and Kathy Rouse. That session will be available on demand on the USDF website um, within the next couple of weeks. And members will be able to get onto the USDF Education Library to watch that on demand. Okay, that that was my question about you know uh, available like if you're not available at the time of the session, so you guys are going to do the on demand option um, for people who can't, who can't attend at the time. Yep, and if you can't attend at the time, um, it'll go into the USDF Education Library. Um, we're shooting for 30 days following the scheduled session. Um, So that should be up within the next week, and that will give you 0.25 education credits again if you view that course in the education library. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that one because I actually saw that and I thought, oh, that would be great to to watch. So I'm excited that you're able to watch that. So that session is on June 9th. And then are there any more scheduled for the summer? Yeah, so we have um, two more tentatively scheduled. We're kind of planning to have a quarterly session. So late summer in August, we're planning to cover rider psychology. And then in October, we're planning to cover the senior horse and the senior rider. We don't have dates um, totally locked in for those yet, but those should be announced soon on the website. Fantastic. So we basically just need to kind of keep an eye on the website and... um to, to see when the sessions are available and then they'll be available in the library as well. Yes. Um, they'll be on the website and then we are also promoting them across all of our social media channels and in the USDF e-news. 
Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Isabella, thank you so much for coming on the show. If anybody has questions, um, how can they find you online or find you at work so that they can get all their questions answered? So you can call me at my direct line. Um, My direct line is 859-271-7876. Or you can always email me at education at usdf.org. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we look forward to doing these series. They, I, this sounds great. I want to learn because there's so many new options for the USDF membership. And, and Phil and I are plugged in because we, we do the podcast, but we still don't have, I still miss things. So it's fantastic. And I'm, I'm glad for this option. And it's, it would be a fun thing to do with everybody at the barn for sure. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. And like I said, we've had really good member feedback. So I'm hoping that we'll just continue that um, as we go into the next session. Absolutely. We did, we did one just, I'm going to plug the certified instructor. Uh, we did one uh, a couple weeks ago and it was a great option. It was a great thing to do in the after it was evening, eight o'clock. You know, I was ready. I had my notebook and, and I was able to sit down and really absorb the information. So uh, I highly recommend for anybody to, to do these virtual events. They're great. Yep. And uh, we do have that virtual um, certified instructor roundtables that are also going to be on the website. So if you're a certified instructor, just go ahead and uh, keep your eyes open for emails that will be coming from USDF um, for the next roundtables that will be coming up and covering all sorts of different um, dressage and education topics as well. Fantastic. Well, we love that you guys are doing this. Thank you so much. We missed all of our events this year uh, down south in Wellington. So I'm, I'm glad we're coming back with some new options. So Isabella, thank you so much. And we hope you have a great evening. Thank you. You too. Bates Saddles are the saddle brand that truly put your horse first. Enjoy comfort, optimal balance, and seamless contact with your horse, leaving you free to concentrate on your aids. Bates Saddles offer you many features you don't find with other saddle brands, including the external flexi-block system, which is anatomically contoured to your leg, allowing it to ride in behind the block and support your individual position for maximized comfort and security. An adjustable ergonomic stirrup bar, which allows effortless rider alignment to be achieved by altering the position of the stirrup bar, enabling you complete control over your preferred leg position. Many styles are available, including the new Bates Dressage Saddles, the Bates Victress Show Jumping Saddle, and the Bates Advanta Eventing Saddle. It is the official saddle of the United States Eventing Association. You can learn more about Bates Saddles at BatesSaddles.com. That's Bates saddles.com we're the healthy critters crew i'm tigger i'm patty and i'm coach jen if you're a horse lover dog lover cat lover llama lover chicken lover parrot lover paw and hooves and feathers lover healthy critters is for you we have fascinating guests nutrition tips, information on various critters, and the only talking Pomeranian dog on the radio. Hello, everyone. Join us for our bi-monthly laughter-filled romps on HRN. Brought to you by Biostar US. Well, tonight I am so very excited to have a friend of mine on the show, Madeline Perry. I have known Madeline since... She was a kiddo, and now she is a young professional making her way in the dressage world, and I just wanted to welcome her to the show. Hi, Reese. Thank you for having me. I was trying to remember when I first met you, because you were my my neighbor in Florida for many years, weren't you? Yeah, we were neighbors for three years, so I met you uh, when I was 13. Um, yeah, you we were, were a kid. We were across the street. Yeah, I was, I was a kiddo. <laughs> You were a kiddo and we would chat every day as we were walking around, you'd be riding and I would pop by and see how your horse was doing. And I enjoyed it because I got to see, you know, you develop from the time you were 13 to 16. And I mean, wow, it was, it's just really cool to be able to see somebody and see them develop over time. And and so we've stayed in touch and, and remain friends. And I just wanted, we, we saw each other in Florida and get to spend a little time together. And I just wanted to have you on the show to kind of have you tell your story. I think you have a wonderful story in the horse world and and what you're kind of up to now so I'm going to let you take it away 
Awesome. Thank you, Reese. No, that's, um, it's funny that you mentioned that, that we were neighbors for so long, because those were really the highlights of my day when, you know, I'd be walking around the track and I'd have little conversations with you. And that was really fun because you got to see me on uh, the different horses that I had throughout the time. And when I acquired um, the gelding that I have now uh, through the Dressage for Kids program, I think you were one of the first people to see me on him. I remember you being out and about on your property that day. Um, and that was really, really cool. You were, you're so, always so encouraging. Um, when I got my boy, Ebony, um, his, that's his barn name, but his uh, registered name is Smile. Um, but when I got him in the spring of 2019, Reese, you were actually one of the first people that, um, that saw me ride him and you saw him from the very beginning. And then you saw him this past season at global. Uh, it was really, really amazing um, to, for you to, for, to talk to you and to talk about his transformation and, and how I've grown as a rider with him. Um, I was incredibly lucky to get him from the Dressage for Kids donation program when I did. It was kind of the perfect timing for everyone involved. Um, he came from Marcus Fife Dressage's uh, training program, and his owner at the time was absolutely amazing to work with. And she she was just, she was amazing. I, I don't think I could have asked for a better owner to pass on her horse to me. And I had known Nicholas from previous years from my training in Michigan. He came to my area to do clinics. So I had a really good relationship with him from when I had my pony and I trained with him. Uh, so the fact that, you know, I had known London for a few years, I had known Nicholas for a few years, and and uh, I at the time was working for Warren McMullen Dressage and both of the Bills, especially Bill McMullen, knew London very well. It was, it was, I was in the right place at the right time to acquire him in that spring. And I don't know where I'd be without him, without all of those people. It was really, really special. And I, I look at him every day and I'm like, I'm really, really blessed to have him because I, I would not be the rider that I am without him. Uh, we went from third level. I did third level regionals uh, one year in Saugerty. And then I did fourth level regionals the next year. And then that winter, I started the pre-St. George and then that summer, which was this past summer, I started competing in the Young Riders. And that's, that's where we are right now. So it's been really, really fun to grow with this horse. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And tell us also for you growing yourself, right? You were with uh, Warren and um, McMullen Dressage. And then and where are you now? What, what was the transition? Yeah, so I was with um, Bill and Bill for three years. Um, I wintered with them and then I did summer and then winter and then summer and then one final winter season. And it was the time that I had with them was so valuable. I think, you know, being at the age that I was, I was 13. Um, my parents were heavily involved because, you know, I was 13 and, and they took a huge risk taking me on as a working student at the time. You know, at the time I had my pony. So my pony Henry came with me and, you know, they didn't need to do what they did for me. But they're so caring and they, they're so nurturing. And the staff that they had at the time, all those years that I worked for them, helped me grow. And, you know, they helped me learn how to speak and how to deal with, you know, clients and how to deal with sales horses and people buying horses and how to care for these really high-end sport horses properly so that these horses last. And that education was really, really amazing. Um, and it really helped when when I did have to eventually leave them um, strictly, honestly, for the reason that I was going to start competing in the Young Rider CDIs. And Bill Warren is an FEI four-star judge. And Bill McMullen is a USEF S judge. And he judges a lot of the national shows. Bill Warren judges a lot of the CDIs. He's actually judged me since I uh, left them. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I stayed in training. So it was super mutual on both ends. They knew that that was something that I wanted to do. I want to be, you know, an up and coming young rider. I want to put myself out there in the CDI show ring. And they knew, and I knew that I couldn't do that under them because the last thing that I wanted to do was create trouble for them. So I actually ended up coming to a facility that is owned by one of their clients. Um, so it was a really amazing transition. Um, it's not a total dressage facility. Uh, they have dressage horses and they have show jumpers and it, they've been letting me ride quite a bit. And it's been really nice to kind of, I stepped out of the five day a week training program. And that was really eye opening because I realized, you know, I had, my hands were kind of being held the whole way. 
And it took me quite a while to, you know, kind of figure out how to do it on my own, even though I wasn't by myself. Um, I've been riding with Allie Brock for almost a year now. Um, and so I saw her once a week or twice a week or once every other week, you know, whatever the timing allowed. But I think the transition from being in a, in a consistent training program to, you know, being on my own, essentially, uh, was probably the toughest thing. But I think it's made me a better rider, or at the very least, a more sensitive rider. I can kind of pick up on more feelings without someone telling me. Um, so I'm really, really grateful for that. Yeah, no, I think that that's exactly one of the things that happens, right? When you when you move facilities and you kind of leave a, a, a full training program, essentially, I think that's for all of us. And then you're like, wait a minute, I'm on my own. So how have you been working with that transition? Has Have you done anything? Have you been active reading? Like, is there, what have you, if anything, have you done? I do, um, I do quite a bit of YouTube video watching. Um, I watch pick a top international rider and I've probably watched all of their Grand Prix rides. Um, and so I, I'm a, a very visual learner. So for me, watching people ride and seeing, you know, trying to pick up on their aids is really, really helpful. I read quite a lot too, um, which is helpful, like books about aiding systems and uh, about, you know, feeling and the biomechanics. I love books like that. And I also started watching some horsemanship videos because I was just a very kind of, I wasn't a soft rider. I did everything that I could to kind of muscle my way around. And that wasn't fair to my horse whatsoever or any other horse that I was riding. So I started watching more horsemanship videos to see, you know, how little the horse really needed to, you know, do what the rider or the person on the ground was doing. And I found those extremely educational because it was kind of, you know, even though I could comprehend that, you know, my aids need to be lighter and softer, seeing it was a little bit of a light bulb moment. I was like, oh, like this, this is cool. This can work. And I started trying to apply that in my daily riding. And I noticed a big difference after that. I think, I think that's kind of a great tip, you know, um, from people coming from, you know, uh, everyday training routine, when, when, when you have to go on your own, it, you're free to experiment with some different ideas and, you know, like introducing horsemanship into your riding. And, and, and that's okay, right? Because you're, you're in the end, you want to, you want to be your own type of rider. You can, ha you can get style and help from other people, but you're not, you know, we're all individuals and we all train the horse, maybe, you know, slightly different and we all ride a little bit differently. And so I think it's important for, um, you know, riders who are breaking out on their own to kind of add their own personal touch to to their programs and their their training and their philosophies. And you, and you don't get there if if you're uh, kind of afraid to experiment or afraid to introduce new ideas, because I mean, that's hard, right? It's really hard. It's really tough. And anyone uh, who knows me and even um, my trainer, Ali, could tell you this. I was the most afraid person of trying something new. Like I, I wouldn't let go of a rein to, you know, give my horse a pat. I just held on because, you know, I thought that if I moved, it would change things. So, you know, for me, you know, stepping out of the box, trying new things, you know, trying to change things, even though I always want to improve and I always want to get better, um, changing one little thing for me, I'm like, nope, can't do it. Can't do it. Um, so I completely agree with you, Phil. That was, that was really, really amazing. Yeah, no, I think that that's part of it too. And and I think even just the support of of what is happening online and I think we in our community here in the Dressage Radio show have been trying to highlight some of that is especially, you know, some countries are still in lockdown and they're not able to do some some events and that type of thing and and there really are some great virtual options. It's not ideal. Phil and I talk about it. We don't love sitting at the computer, but and they're also very economical. A lot of them are free, maybe $10 or for a donation. So I think that that's really a, a good thing. Um, but it is hard developing and, and having to work. And that's the other thing is when you have to work, you have to fit in your your hours of, of your job. And that may mean that that changes that you have to go to work after you, you know, or ride your horse after work and you're tired. And, you know, when you're a working student, it's sort of part of your day. That's something different. Um, so I, I think it, there's a lot of adjustment that has to happen. Um, and then 
I'm not saying you, you appreciate your lessons more, but I think you really focus more on your lessons and what you learned. And I certainly will write a little more in my journal when I'm not having a lesson all the time. And I'll watch the videos a few more times because that, that is how you can absorb what you're doing. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say, does that? I would completely agree that I, and I will admit that I was not the most diligent about writing in my journal when I was having lessons every day or four times a week. But when my lessons uh, dwindled and I started having, you know, one lesson a week or every other week, I had three or four pages written down every evening in my journal because, you know, I, you know, I held on to that information. I'm like, okay, I have to make this last. I have to work on my homework. It has to be better the next time that my trainer comes. So that, I mean, that I think really, really helped me. And it probably would have been better if I was doing that diligently when I was in the full training program. But I agree that you almost focus and maybe zone in on things a little bit more when it's not something that you have so often. Yeah. And, you know, I have students that I see every other week or, or, you know, something like that. And then, you know, when they're experimenting and trying to figure things out on their own, you know, they will come to a lesson with some questions or, you know, oh, I tried doing this and this was my result. Um, You know, what do you think? You know, we have more discussion rather than, okay, pick up the reins, let's go, let's, you know, and do the movements. And, you know, like there's more kind of mindfulness about the training and more input from the student when uh, when they've had a couple of weeks to kind of uh, to play with things and, and work on on their own and 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 kind of figure it out so you have to be you know super mental about your training as well i yeah completely i um i ask a lot of questions i usually try to come into my lessons with at least one or two questions from a previous lesson but i also when I'm riding and it's, it's one of my downfalls is paralysis by analysis. While I'm riding, I'm running everything that my trainer is telling me through my head and I'm trying to comprehend it in the moment, which sometimes gets in the way of the actual riding. Um, but I can always come up with probably at least five questions for the end of my ride just from that lesson alone. And it's, it's definitely something that's the mindfulness, like you say, that being aware is just as important, I think, as the five-day-a-week training program. And Reese, it's funny that you mention um, the virtual lessons, because I had a virtual lesson with George Williams back in October, and -hmm. it was actually really good um, because I was able to borrow really good equipment, um, and I was able to chat with him kind of about how it works. And I think the gist of that is with really good equipment, it can be a good quality lesson. My lesson with him was super good quality. Um, as I only, you know, he only missed the screen a couple of times where I jumped from one end of the arena to the other, but I could see how like with a zoom lesson, that might be tricky if there's a lot more buffering or, you know, the screens jumping around, yeah, a lot, it can, that can be difficult. It can be difficult, but it's certainly something that can be done. I did a face time lesson today with a student in Indiana and she comes down, but she wasn't able to come down this week. And so I, you know, it's not ideal, you know, but I know her enough and I think it was enough. I could see enough to give her a constructive lesson and uh, it was sort of the best we could do. And, and yeah, I think you, if you're going to go the virtual route, you have to kind of be ready for some little bit of teeth gnashing with the technology. If, if you don't have great Wi-Fi and that kind of stuff, but it's but, getting better. It's getting better. Yeah, it's getting better. And it's an option. I mean, if you have no help, which is essentially what this particular student, uh, and we have a nice relationship together and, you know, we'll figure it out. And that's what I said. I said, at least we were able to do enough to, to do what we needed to do today for her in her horse and she's showing in a couple of weeks. So, um, you know, it's, it's fine. So I think that that's, that's good. And it can be an option, right? If, especially if you're, exactly. you're somewhere that you need or your coach is gone or, or whatever it may be. So Madeline, what is next for you? Well, what is next? That's actually funny that we were talking about the, um, the virtual observation because I'm actually headed home in a few weeks. I have a lot of things to catch up on at home, considering that I haven't lived there in four years, and home is actually <laughs> Michigan. Um, so talk about removing myself from the training environment. But it'll be okay. I do have a Pixum, um, so I've been able to talk to Allie about that, and you know I'm hope, hoping that I'll be able to get some virtual lessons. And it's about you know figuring out the Wi-Fi and if it'll be a good connection or not. And um, I received a training scholarship grant from Dressage for Kids. So I've been riding with George Williams for the last 
month and a half. So I'm going to finish up my grant with him once I'm home virtually as well. But that's going to be, you know, I def- that's not something that I can do every day. It's not something that I don't even know if I'll be able to do every week. So it's going to be an interesting summer for me. Um, you know, I'll have my horse at home. Quite literally, we have a small little barn at home. So he'll be home. You know, we don't have a, uh, you know, a regulation arena. We have some grass that's flat enough that I'll be able to school on, but I'm definitely headed for some pretty major changes uh, coming from a very nice facility here in Wellington. And then, you know, stepping into having almost no resources. It's definitely something I've been worrying about, but at the same time, I'm just trying to take a deep breath and, you know, everything happens for a reason and it'll all be okay. And I'm young. I have many years to do the young rider thing. So I'm not in a huge rush. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, we love it. And we can't wait to keep an eye on your career and best of luck moving home. It will, you will be fine. That's what we're all doing right now. And, and you'll be fine. And and you've had such a great training and you'll continue to get that. So, uh, Matt and Madeline, if we want to find you online or find more information about you and your horses, how do we do that? Um, yeah, for more information, um, I have a website. It's um, MadelinePerryDressage.com. And I have a blog that I try my best to post on regularly. I've been kind of absent these last few weeks, um, but I actually have one coming out this Saturday. Um, so I try to do the blogs every other week. Um, uh, my Facebook is just my name, Madeline Perry. And my Instagram is m.p.dressage, mpdressage. Um And I'm not super active on my Snapchat and I'm not active on TikTok. So I would say that's about it. But yeah, if you want to know more about me, um, my website has everything. Um, My website has my sponsors and my supporters and um, it gives a really good background also of everyone that I've worked with and kind of my story and everything like that. And check out my blog too. I'll try to be better about that. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. And we look forward to following your career. Thank you both so much for having me on the show. This was really fun. Tired of having your boot sucked off mid-stride by sticky mud? Mud control grids are the solution. Frustrated by mushy, slippery messes at the paddock gates? Mud control grids are the solution. Is keeping the ground underfoot stable in your sacrifice areas and dry lots causing you to lose sleep? Once again, mud control grids are the solution. You're seeing a trend here, aren't you? Well, Han Plastics Mud Control Grids really has come up with the best solution. Unlike other plastic grids on the market, mud control grids can be installed directly on top of the mud. Let me say that again, right on top of the mud. You don't need to do any ground preparation. The mud control grids are an instant solution to your high traffic muddy areas. No more having to fill in with sand, gravel, shavings, or even old carpet. What's more, mud control grids will allow grass to grow underneath of them so they can be taken back up once the area is dry or recovered. Or you can leave them right where they are and take over again when the rainy season comes back around. Han Plastics mud control grids are designed to be installed as a temporary or permanent solution. You can take them with you with you move. Put down a lot, put down a few. Add more each year, the ultimate mud control solution. Check out Han Plastics Mud Control Grids at mudgrid.ca. Oh, an added bonus, your tractor or gator won't sync up to its axles with Han Plastics Mud Control Grids in place. So there's that. www.mudgrid.ca. Well, I am so excited to announce, drumroll please, our next book club, Book of the Month, and it is Ride Big, The Ultimate Guide to Building Equestrian Confidence, and we are so lucky to have the author, John Haim, on the line. John, welcome to the show. Well, I'm the one that's thrilled, Reese and uh, Philip. This is awesome, and thank you for considering the book. I really appreciate it. The I've certainly enjoyed, number one, writing the book, and second of all, my relationship with uh, Trafalgar Square publishers, who are great, great people, as you know. You, you've dealt a lot with them with your book club, so, uh, so this is awesome to, to chat about the book and let people know a little bit about it and what it can do for them. 
I know. Well, I have had a sneak peek at the book. And so I have read it and I love it. They were so, I'm excited to see the final edition because I had the, you know, a copy on the computer and I was able to read it, uh, which was during my Florida season, which was really intense and I needed some support. So I am a huge fan uh, because it was helping, you know, just my confidence sort of getting back in the international ring. So, John, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you wrote the book? Well, I come from a a bit of a different world. So I come from the world of uh, performance in in a variety of things, certainly sport. I work in all the professional sports. Um, I came to Equestrian about six years ago, uh, six and a half years ago. A friend of mine called and asked me to help uh, his daughter, who was a meter 20 show jumper. So uh, we did that. Uh, We got some results with her. I have a process I use with athletes. And um, she took well to the process, I think. And we we did build her confidence back. Um, So, yeah, so it's uh, it's been amazing. Like uh, for, for me, I think, guys, equestrian sports certainly has been a new challenge. I work in all the different professional sports. I work in professional basketball, NBA, NHL, PGA tour, ATP tennis, and all these different sports, but, uh, love the, the people in equestrian certainly. And it is a challenge, obviously it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a, it's definitely different, obviously with the horse and the rider. So it's been an education for me. I took some riding lessons, actually. Mm -hmm. I did some jumping and some flatting and, uh, went to clinics and talked to coaches. And um, for, so that's over the past six years. So it's been really great. And um, I wanted to, for the past couple of years, write this book because I feel that from being around it a lot and being around the other sports, I felt there, w- there was a deficit in confidence in equestrian sport for a variety of reasons that we can talk about. But um, even to the, to the degree of a crisis in confidence. So for the past couple of years, I I've wanted to write the book and I would say that COVID is giving me a, COVID has given me a bit of an opportunity, a bit of extra time, especially in the evenings mm-hmm. to write the book. So I sat down last, I guess probably last February or March, um, decided exactly what I wanted to write about to help equestrian athletes and then uh, wrote it over, I guess, the next four months or so. And we've been working on it and shaping it and getting it right for the past, uh, the past year. One of the really cool things about the book is my voice is not the only book or, or not the, o- <laughs> the only mm-hmm. voice in the book. But we have some of the world's leading equestrians that we collaborated with, and you you hear their stories and their struggles, and um, and they have a lot of amazing uh, advice for the readers. So, so that was really fun to interview these people who are at the top of the sport, uh, get their thoughts on things, and then weave it in through the book, through stories, and and uh, all all uh, with the idea in mind of, of helping the equestrian athletes. So, so yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. Well, I, I, I have to commend you, you know, from being introduced to it for, you know, through an acquaintance to kind of immersing yourself into, into some lessons, into actual writing to really try to, I'm sure it's just, it's to try to understand, uh, you know, our sport yeah. better. And, and so yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's been a really, steep learning curve but is is you know i've been in horses all my life reese has been in horses we come from horsey families i mean was there something that you know after after being in it a couple years or you know after starting writing the book perhaps that you went you know went hmm, this this is kind of different or you know that that you did you gained a little bit perspective about well you know what guys the one thing is too i'm writing for the human being too. I'm not necessarily writing for the horse. Obviously I talk about the horse rider connection, but I'm writing for the performance of the rider. So, and there's a lot of commonalities. Like there's a lot of commonalities with the other athletes that I work with, no matter at what level, whether it's the amateur level or the professional level. So, you know, what people experience in professional basketball or professional hockey or professional golf or professional tennis or professional squash, whatever it is, or on the amateur level too, in those sports, you know, the, the feelings are very similar, I think in, in equestrian sports. So there's a lot of commonalities. Is there some differences? Yeah, I, I definitely, obviously with the horse and that emotional energy, right. Between the horse and the rider that, uh, 
that the writer has to get right. So, and I talk a lot about about that in the book, the whole idea of emotions. And I think it's really important for the writer to understand what is emotion, first of all, um, and what are your emotions telling you? And then how do you take advantage of that to, to really enhance the partnership in equestrian sport? So I think there's a lot of commonalities and a lot of experience I pulled from 20 years of working, you know, at the top of all these other sports and, and in the amateur ranks of the other sports, too, that I pulled in, that I adapted to uh, equestrian sport. And like you said, Philip, you know, I've really committed myself to to equestrian sport by, you know, taking the lessons and feeling the nuances and understanding the seat and understanding the hands and understanding the balance and what the rider feels so I can really adapt that and apply that to uh, to the performance aspect when I'm working with a rider. Well, and John, I like how you were talking about just a crisis of confidence, um, because I've had that in my own career. And certainly, you know, I felt it a lot this season because everything was new. Like it was my first show and then it was my first Grand Prix special and then it was my first freestyle and I had a lot of firsts. So, you know, that was, that was a challenge because, you know, trying to keep your confidence up and you're learning a new horse and you're in this environment. And so that's where I really got a lot of, of good tips from the book because that is difficult. So can you kind of talk a little bit about that crisis of confidence? I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I think generally, Reese, like you talked about, confidence is a difficult concept. Like I will tell you that for, you know, all the calls I get from potential clients, whether it's from a trainer, whether it's from a rider, whether it's from a parent, I would say probably in the first few minutes of the discussion, it seems like the conversation always rolls around to confidence. I've lost my confidence. I want more confidence. Where'd my confidence go? Can we build the confidence? So people always want to talk about it. You know, it's something, even if you're listening to the radio, sports shows and that sort of thing, confidence is a big issue always. So it's like the secret weapon or the bulletproof vest and you must have it. Like it, you must have it in order to do well. You know that Reese, if you're riding, mm -hmm. you're riding in the big ring, you have to have it to do well. And your horse knows mm -hmm. if you're not confident and you're anxious and you're hesitating. And, and uh, so that doesn't bode well for both of you. So you have to have it. So, you know, that's one thing, just the idea of confidence and, and it's, 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 it's difficult to get a handle on a little bit. And so understanding it, first of all, is really important. We defined it in the book. Uh, so I think that's important. You have to understand what it is first. And then how do you build it? And how do you, how do you build it to get to a sustainable level and keep it? That's the other thing. So mm -hmm. we sort of cut the book up into a bunch of different sections, the fundamentals of confidence. So what are those? There's three basic fundamentals of confidence. And you know, off air here, just before we came on, Reese, we were talking a little bit about, you know, the doubts and the voice. And mm -hmm. so I wrote a chapter that I think is really important, especially for young riders on the voice, the narrative, how to manage that, how to control that. What does it mean? What do you look for in the voice? And how do you create sort of a process to develop that voice? Because it, it's so critical. Um, people really self-sabotage themselves and sort of put big holes in their own confidence. So, you know, we started off the book that way with the, the basic fundamentals, which I think are really critical and people don't focus on at all. So you need to have that piece first. And then we get into tools for building confidence. And then in the back half of the book, I talk about the threat of confidence. What could threaten your confidence? What could take it away? And then actually the last chapter is kind of a fun chapter. It's for you know, it's written for the modern rider and the traps that you fall into. What traps are there? The social media traps, this connected existence we live in. You know, Reese, we, we also talked, and Philip, we talked a little bit about before we came on the idea of results. And everything mm -hmm. is so results-driven now because results are so immediate. It never used to be. Nobody knew your results yeah. until, you know. <laughs> yeah. A few, a few people in the ring and your mom and dad and, and uh, the other competitors in the ring knew your results, but the whole world didn't know them that they, like they do now. You know, they're all online 10 seconds after you're done. So, well, well, it's so funny, you know, this experience in Florida this year because there was, you know, zero spectators in the stands, mm -hmm. but there were thousands online. 
no, they were watching access, you know, access <laughs> yeah. the video stream. And it's like, uh, you know, and, and in that way, you're, you're not getting the immediate reaction from the fans that you might get if they were sitting there, but they're, you know, they're, they're behind their screens and they're, and then, you know, Oh, you know, Reese did this or that, that, I mean, that's very challenging. Not to mm-hmm. point you out there, Reese, but then. thanks. Thanks, Phil. Well, it's true. Like I rode in an, basically a huge right? yeah. storm, right? I had to ride in a big storm. And if you were there, you knew how big the storm was. I watched, I watched the video and you can't really tell how bad the rain is. I mean, it was so bad. It was sideways rain and things were flying all over the place and you couldn't really tell. And when I left the arena, there were some people up in the stands and they gave me a standing ovation because they were like, that was terrible. Well, you deserved, for it. You deserved yeah. it. But you couldn't tell that on, on, on the video really. I mean, if you knew it was raining, you could kind of see it, but I think that was really interesting. And I learned a lot from that because it was like, okay, unless you're there and you knew and the people that saw it, they felt really bad for me. Um, but it, it is, it's a snapshot of one little section and, and it is, it is challenging as a writer and, and that inner voice and how important. And, and I think having tools to have that inner voice and having the confidence that you need to sort of go through that. And, and I think the confidence that, and I think you learned that from all the writers that were part of the book as well you don't just magically become this amazing rider. Like you, and, and, and things happen even to the top riders. It's it, it they're not immune. Um, I've seen Isabel Verde make, and she talks about making mistakes and flying changes. And I mean, they're not always perfect. And I think you have this idea of like, Oh, they're perfect. And they're not, they yeah. make mistakes too. So it's, it's yeah, that thing. is you, totally right and and that is the truth too one thing that's really cool in the book i think if we're talking about the voice is the chapter in the voice mm-hmm. uh, i focused on laura tomlinson and you probably guys obviously probably know who she is and she mm-hmm. won with gb she won the gold medal in 2012 and the bronze individually and she's starting to come back she's had a family now with mark yep. and and they're coming back now but I used, she really struggled growing up with the voice and she talks about her struggles with the voice and how she overcame it. And she got this horse. You pro I don't know if you remember this horse named Alf. I mean, it's an easy, it's an easy sort of name to remember, but she had this amazing horse in the Olympics. She got this horse. It was a bit of a, a bit of a troubled horse, a little bit, a bit of a difficult horse too. And I think Laura thought that if she could, you know, overcome the challenges and difficulties with this horse, she'd really gain the respect of the of the dressage world. And that's exactly what she did. And she sort of explained how she did it in the book mm-hmm. and, and how the voice was a, a critical part in that and how she reshaped her voice. So this mm-hmm. is the dressage tri- tie-in right here. I think it's really in that particular chapter, which I think is a very yeah. important chapter in the book to understand the voice and how to extract the truth from the voice. Uh, Laura did a great job and we wove it in nicely, I think. And people can read that story about, yeah. uh, about yeah. Laura and how, you know, now she's, she's awesome. What an awesome person. She's very confident. She's on her way back now. Uh, yeah. you know, to, to try to ride for GB again. So, um, so right. yeah, and that just, voice it, is really big. It is. And and what I loved about the book too, is, is this book is not just for top athletes. It's for everybody. And I, I, I so. and yeah, I mean, I have riders that, you know, their, their, their aspiration is to come and enjoy their horse during the day, during the week, you know, that's their goal. And then I have riders that want to go to the top of the sport and, and everybody in between. And, and I'm really excited to, to share this book with them. And so John, I want to give the information on how everybody can find the book through Trafalgar Square. Can you kind of push us in that direction? Yeah, let's support uh, Trafalgar Square for sure. I mean, that's what we want to do, right? And so the book, our big launch was, was it this past week? I think it was this week. I don't know. It's, it's all been a blur to me. Everything's <laughs> yeah. <gone> so fast. <laughs> but, uh, and it's been so fun. The uh, reviews of the book too have been amazing. Like we've had, like uh, Reese, you read it. You gave us a mm-hmm. really nice review on it. And anybody who's read it has really extracted some good information from it and thought that it, it had value. So I'm really pleased with that. So, um, and certainly the, the, the folks at Trafalgar Square help with that in their editing process and all, all those sorts of things. But yeah, you can get it at Trafalgar Square. It's horseandriderbooks.com. 
It's coming to Canada, Philip. It's coming to Canada, I think, at the end of this. I think it's the end of April. It'll be available in Canada. I know. Yeah, I Ken think April, April 29th, I think, is, is the date that yeah. I got. So, yeah. So it's it's going to be available very soon. And uh, and I'm, I'm and you can, really pleased, to, looking forward to uh, to getting a copy. And Yeah, and I'll look copy. forward to hearing. I know you're going to have somebody read it, too. So I'll look forward yeah. to listening to your discussion on what people are taking away from it. Because. I wrote it for the modern equestrian. I mean, that's why I wrote this book. I thought, you know, after being in the sport for six and a half years, seeing everything and comparing all my experience from other sports, I really thought that equestrians needed this book and it can be a guide for them and not just a book that, you know, you can read and throw on the shelf, but you can throw it in your backpack, keep it in your locker at the barn and refer to it. And, uh, you know, if you are struggling a bit, if you're out, are having problems with, you know, a lot of these ideas that we talk about in the book, then hopefully I'm really hoping it can help people. So that's uh, the reason I wrote the book. So it's exciting. It's uh, it is exciting. exciting. It was fun. And we're excited to share it with everybody. I, like I said, it really helped me this winter when I needed support. It was there. It was great. So John, we can't thank you enough. We're excited that the book. So again, it's John Hame ride big, the ultimate guide to building equestrian confidence. And you can find it at horseandriderbooks.com. And we will be sharing it with one of our auditors and they will do a, a book review here in a few weeks. And we're looking forward to that as well. You know what, guys, the other thing, too, it's coming to Australia, I think, this coming week. I know uh, Martha at Trafalgar Square said that the books have been shipped to Australia. And then at the end of May, uh, it will be in Europe. So I'm going to attend badminton next year and I'm going to do a book signing. Yeah, I I went once already. (laughs) That was that was an amazing experience. Uh, That was that was that was 10 out of 10. That was so fun to do that. And this time I'm going to be there to. to maybe promote the book and help some riders too. So that's going to be really fun. Well, you'll have to come this week. We are recording the week of the Kentucky three day. It's happening right now at the horse park. So we'll have to have you come and visit us here in Kentucky too, John. Thanks so much. And we look forward to it. it. Awesome. Thank you, you, Philip. Thank you, Reese. Well, Phil, I've actually gotten several listener emails this week, which I love. We truly, truly love it when they, when we get them, but I have had a couple questions about which, total saddle fit stability stirrup leather, I prefer either the original or the slim. So I thought we could talk a little bit about what you found um, with with those different stirrup leathers. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm just a real traditionalist. So even just um, trying out these stirrup leathers, you know, when we first got them, you know, I'm kind of a skeptic. I'm kind of skeptical. I mean, you know, so um, you know, we kind of get used to the tack that we, that we like and, and that, you know, works for us, but it didn't take long for me to, to transition to really, you know, really seeing the benefit of the total saddle fit stability stirrup leathers. But as far as when they came out with the next generation iteration of it, I, I was fine with, with, with the original because I, I like to run up my stirrup leathers. I don't like to have to fiddle with them and fold them over or things like that. So that, that for me was i mean they're they're great um how they are so i didn't really try out the the slim version for myself so i i tried them and i'm i'm actually very much phil and i are pretty on the same page with we like fairly traditional tack and, and again i think it's just because that's how we've been doing it for 30 years 40 years whatever um <laughs> 40 now phil a little while Sorry. a little a while, little while. Doing it for a little while now, a little yeah. bit a little bit a little while and so we both we both personally prefer the original version uh but the slim i have found with my students that are are actually quite um have long legs or slim legs um or, or the buckle sort of up in their thigh, thigh area they don't like that so they prefer the slim version. So I think you just have to try it and see what you like. Again, I'm, I'm with Phil. I like to run my stirrups up. I don't mind the buckle. Uh, the only time that buckle ever bothers me is if I ride without stirrups or, or, you know, I take, I fold my stirrup leathers over. Yeah, when you cross them over, you got right. you to you you pull, pull them, them down, down first a bit yep. and then cross them over. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you will get a bruise there. And, and, and Phil and I can have both have it happen. And it, it actually hurts quite a lot for the next yeah. few days. It's not pleasant. So that's the only time that is, but the slim version, 
uh, I have several clients that love that version. So I think it just depends if you are traditional and like to roll your stirrups up or uh, the, the slim ones you adjust by your ankle. So you don't have, it's a little bit easier if you are changing your stirrups um, to or do it. So crossing them over to ride without stirrups. Like, you know, there, there, there is benefits there. Yeah. There's benefits. Yeah. So you yeah, just have I to think, I think the beauty of it is that total saddle fit will refund your money, you know, no questions asked or, you know, exchange them for what, what, what you do want. And, and there's a great, they're a great company to work with. They're not, they, they stand behind their products is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. So totalsaddlefit.com. They are fantastic. Justin over there will help you. And uh, you can always call or send them an email. They're really responsive and do a great job. So uh, again, it, it's sort of personal preference if that answers the question for everybody. Uh, and we hope you enjoy, but they really are great products and we both really use them and, and appreciate them a lot. So again, totalsaddlefit.com. And uh, we hope that helps everybody in your decision-making. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. So, Phil, we uh, were off air for our and talking about our Total Saddle Fit tip of the week. And I had actually something brought to my attention that I made a note. I actually sent it to you and said, and we, we really need to talk about this because um, now virtual lessons are becoming a thing. And I actually was sort of alerted to a safety issue that I would not have thought about as an instructor if this hadn't had happened to a friend of mine. So thankfully, I was actually not on the other side of this computer. I I heard about this and I thought, oh, I really, we need to bring this up. Um, And that was this particular rider was having a virtual lesson and actually on a young horse and she got bucked off during her lesson. And... is a scary situation. Terrifying, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're as a teacher, you're behind a computer and you can do nothing. Like nothing, nothing. A lot of my virtual lessons. You don't have the right information. You can't do anything. Right. So exactly. This is is a recent fill safety check-in. So I think one of the, one of the first things is that if you're, you know, we try to do this, but you know, when you have a, a lesson in person, that you should have, you know, have some emergency contact info, you know, when the person arrives, you know, we have, we have people sign a waiver. So if the person arrives at the farm, you know, we get a, you know, a safety contact and, you know, any information that, you know, God forbid, but something happens and you have to call the, the ambulance, have to call the paramedics, you know, what should they know? You know, just, just going through a little bit of that information before you start your ride. And, and I think, um, without thinking about it, this should be happening virtually too. Like, yes. what is your address? Who am I going to call if something happens? Right. You know, what right. should I, what should I do as an instructor, you know, in the event that you get fucked off and you're, yeah, something you know, would happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Cause of course this particular instructor is like, Oh, let me call your husband. And then she's like, I don't have your husband's number. <laughs> and yeah. thankfully this particular person, I, she's, she was fine. She, 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 you know, got a bruise in her bum. Uh, but, but it was a, and I told her, I said, I'm really glad you told me about this. Cause I, yeah, I think this is really an important scary. thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a scary. new it's a new medium, so you don't think about it. This particular person has signed a release, I'm sure, for that re- for that instructor, but it may be in the barn, and she may be in her house, or you know, the logistics aren't great. So I think if you are taking a virtual lesson, some of the virtual lessons I've done have been on FaceTime, so there is literally somebody holding the phone. But if you are taking a, a, a FaceTime or, or you're taking a, a Pixio lesson where you don't have a second person. Definitely make sure the instructor on the computer knows the address and knows a number to call for somebody. I think that's really important. Also, the idea, um, I actually have a a very, I have a deadly shellfish allergy. And so I have an allergy to iodine. So people need to know about that, about me. Um, I tell everybody because if something were to happen, they need to know it. So I think that's important, right? That's the kind of information I need to share. And and I think it's important that everybody has that. So just something to alert you with. It's not a bad idea, you know, to make sure your barn mates uh, have, have your husbands or, or, or partners or whoever, somebody 
number, your parents, it doesn't matter, whoever they should call. I think it's just a good reminder to make sure you have that. Obviously now we do have social media and other means, but you know, like my dad doesn't have social media, so you can't get a hold of him. So just something to remind. I thought it was a good reminder for all of us just to kind of make sure um, that you're doing that. I do know people that write out, there are great medical bracelets and on, um, uh, it's been a while, but we had somebody that talked about a medical bracelet, um, you know, that you can actually be wearing that information that wouldn't necessarily help, uh, if, you were doing a virtual lesson. <laughs> so just, just something new, you know, again, when there's always think about new, it. Yeah. All you have yeah, to do is think about, about it. it and make a plan, make a plan that works for you and your, and yep. your coach. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Not to be, scare anybody stuck in a, in a, in a terrifying situation that yeah. you know, could have happened with this person. Um, yeah. She's fine. Horse is fine. Everybody's fine. Just a young horse, a little cold, cold in the back. Um, but everybody's good. So just a good reminder for everybody. So we hope that helps as your total saddle fit tip of the week. Well, Phil, we are super excited about the book club. I think everybody, I'm sure you, you, John Haim is amazing and, and his book is really fantastic. And I hope everybody picks it up and and in a few weeks we'll do a book review on that. So keep your ears open. Uh, if you're a horse radio network auditor, that's where Phil puts the book out. And, and one of our auditors gets the opportunity to come on, on the air, they get the book and then they get to come on the air with us. And, uh, but that's also a good reason to be, become an auditor of the horse radio network. Uh, there's more information on the horse radio network.com page. And always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. Keep them coming. They're our favorite. Uh, and, uh, we've been asked actually, I finally did it. I've had several people, um, that have asked me about book club, past book club books. And, uh, we're working on that in the next couple days, there'll be a list on our website and uh, we'll also put it on their social media page. Uh, so you can take a look at books in the past that we've done. If you're new to the show and want to know some of the books we've done before, um, we all, we do kind of curate the selections with Martha at horseandriderbooks.com. So, uh, we, we, we love them and you can, read more and listen to the shows as well. So uh, we hope you enjoy that. The United States Dressage Federation is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org for more information. That's www.usdf.org, the online destination for dressage. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is through Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products, Bait Saddles, Han Plastics, and totalsaddlefit.com. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we look forward to talking with you next week. (laughs) 